Hey guys, welcome to episode 9 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Joining us today, as usual, is Sean. And we'll be talking about hobby burnout. Iliocaris acicularis, dwarf hairgrass. Multiple tank syndrome. My new aquascape, and much more. Check us out on iTunes where you can subscribe and rate. Or www.aquascapingpodcast.com. Send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Sean, and I'm going to talk to you today about three things that lead to hobby burnout. Uh, for anyone who's been in the hobby for a period of time, you probably have those moments where you feel like just packing it all up and put it out on the curb. Um, we have times where we're frustrated, um, the tank's not going well, uh, things don't look how we want them to, or we just don't have the time to keep up with it. And in those moments, you can have these uh, these thoughts of just tossing it all away and uh, you're running up against hobby burnout. So uh, it's good to know kind of what things might lead to that and how you best can avoid it and continue to enjoy your hobby because um, that's what a hobby is, right? It's something that we do um, to relax, uh, to expand on our personal knowledge or um, kind of get away from it all. So let's start off with number one here, and this is a big one, uh, having unrealistic goals and expectations. Uh, this can apply to beginners, but it can also apply to uh, advanced hobbyists as, as well. For beginners, if you realize that the hobby does have a bit of a learning curve, it takes some time to become a proficient aquascaper. Uh, it takes some time just to learn to grow plants well. And then along with that, you have uh, the learning of how to use the plants, where to plant them, the use of hardscape, how to get looks that you'd like. And there's a lot of tips and tricks that you pick up over years of doing it that help you become a better aquascaper. But it's not something that's going to happen quickly, and it's not going to happen with your first tank. You can come into the hobby from years and years of taking care of uh, fish-only tanks and be a really great fish keeper, but trying to apply all of that knowledge uh, and and make a great aquascape you might be ahead in in how to care for the tank but you may not know exactly how to grow plants or how to trim them or use them in a layout and so align those expectations and those goals with with your experience level with what you've done in the past and be prepared to fail be prepared to have things go wrong and if you treat those things when they go wrong or you fail as another step along the learning curve, I think you won't find yourself being so discouraged. Instead of feeling um, that you're far away from your goal, you'll feel that you're one step closer to being a better aquascaper. All right, I want to talk about my latest and f most favorite piece of aquascaping equipment, and that is the viewing chair. You know, just sitting down in itself is great. You know, who doesn't like to get off their feet, 
relax, and just sit there and kind of zone out. And I think that's half of what the viewing experience should be, is sitting down. I have such a huge tendency to want to do maintenance on the tank when I'm standing up and looking at it, because typically I'm a lot closer, I'll see some algae in the glass, I want to scrub it off, or I'll see something in the back I want to trim, and I'm in like work mode. But once I get off my feet and sit in front of the aquascape, I'm just in a different mode, and that maintenance thing is just, you know, out the window. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. If the only time we're looking at our scape is standing up and kind of in that maintenance mode, we're just going to relate the aquascape to work. And we don't want to do that. We want to get off our feet and sit there and enjoy it and do what the aquascape's really meant to do. And that's to relax us, bring us enjoyment. And, you know, add some music to it. Make it cinematic. Put some, you know, music in the background or some nature sounds. Make it a whole experience and just sit there and zone out. You know, every time I open Amano's Nature Aquarium Complete Works book, I'm blown away by what a genius this guy really was. You know, I personally haven't seen another person's aquascape in real life. I don't know anybody in my area who does it. So the only other aquascapes I've seen are photos and videos either in a book or online. And by their nature, you know, that's one step removed from reality. It's a flat image. It's a flat composition. And I think there's a tendency in the hobby to chase that image, chase that perfect image. And there's a lot of room there for disappointment and burnout. Uh, one point that Amano makes in the book is when he was talking about the essence of nature aquarium. And although composition is an important part, important factor of nature aquarium, the true beauty really lies in the working ecosystem, how the plants and the animals and the fish work together in a natural environment. So if we're able to create that in our own home, that in itself is just a really cool thing. That's a, you know, it's an awesome achievement. So we shouldn't overlook that. Maybe our aquascape didn't, you know, grow out the way we expected to. Maybe, uh, you know, there's room for improvement and all that. Um, but don't forget, it's a working, living, breathing piece of art that we have there in front of us. And to enjoy that, that in itself is rejuvenating. I think chasing that perfect image um, can lead to burnout. Multiple tank syndrome. Uh, many of us suffer from it. I am a longtime sufferer of this poor, horrible, crippling ailment, uh, MTS. I have many uh, tanks running, and, and they kind of fluctuate from how many I have up and going. Um, usually I have two at the minimum, and right now I'm at my, my maximum of about, um, let's see, that puts me at six, I think. I have four in a kind of a utility room, so there's not a lot of pressure to keep them up and looking their best at all times. Uh, but multiple tank syndrome can start to burn you out, especially if you have several high light, high energy systems that you need to change water on regularly, you need to wipe the glass, you need to fertilize all the time. Um, so things like that can really start to put a strain on your relationship with the hobby. Um, if you feel that all you're doing is work and you never have any time to sit back and really just enjoy the aquascape, it might be time to kind of scale back there, maybe cut it down to um, just a couple tanks. And I've done that in the past. I've totally packed up most of my stuff in my uh, fish room and or cut it down to very low maintenance tanks where I don't really have to do much with it because I wanna keep these anubias so they grow slow. So. Um, I want to keep them, or maybe I need a home for the fish, uh, so it's a fish-only tank for a while while I um, do other things. And I think that's a good thing to be able to do, and you want to be able to 
uh, take down some of your systems if you have lots of tanks. And if you're in the aquascaping hobby for long, you'll find yourself collecting different systems, different tanks, because you want to try different things. And sometimes it's tough to wait, you know, six months to a year before um, you rescape your display tank if you have only one. Maybe an idea pops in your head or you're inspired to do something. And so then you find yourself with another tank, another system, or maybe you come across something at garage sale or uh, you're in your local fish shop and something's on sale or who knows, maybe you get a uh, newsletter, email newsletter with a new product and you really want to try it or it looks great. Um, Any number of reasons can lead you to having more than one tank. And not that it's bad, but it does put a strain on uh, on your time if you have all of them up and running and they're all high light systems, high energy systems. So consider that. Do you have the time uh, to put into the tanks? And not only do you have the time to do the maintenance, but do you have the time to sit and enjoy your tanks? That's why you're doing them, right? That's why you're doing the hobby is you enjoy uh, the work on them. But I think in a hobby, you don't want to feel pressured to have to get it all done and to feel like you're scrambling behind uh, day in and day out on those things because the hobby is going to come last from you know the rest of your daily life. All right. Well, I think MTS is a contagious disease, and I think I got it from Sean. So I am blaming him for my new purchase of a 20-gallon long. Uh, I'm setting up my next aquascape, guys. And I just finished... The stand, I built it myself. It cost me almost nothing. That's that's one area you can really save a lot of money uh, is building your own stand. If you're handy, uh, it's a great way to do it. Uh, and you know you could completely customize it, make it exactly the way you want it. Um, yeah, so that's one one way to save some money and most likely build a better stand than the one you purchase uh, pre-made in the store. Anyways, I'm taking some of my dwarf hair grass from my other aquascape and putting it into this one. And for you guys out there that are thinking about dwarf hair grass, maybe you're researching it, let me tell you, I have, get ready for some butchering, Eleocaris acicularis. And it is a fast-growing variety. Uh, This grows maybe an inch a week. I have to cut this weekly for sure up front to keep that low carpet. Uh, And in the back, I'm about four months into that aquascape or so. And that's grown all the way up to the surface of the water, no problem. Uh, it's a fast-growing uh, variety. So if you want to keep a carpet up front and keep it short, uh, you might want to go to a different variety than this one. That being said, I love it. It looks great. Uh, I'm just going to incorporate it maybe more into the background of my new Aquascape. Uh, this time around, I went out in my yard and collected my own hardscape, my own rocks. I think my neighbors think I'm, I'm probably nuts. Uh, you know, I'm out there field testing. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It's it just a great way uh, to do it. Again, save money, you know, get, get your own your own hardscape, go out and, and find it. Uh, I got some ideas for filtration, uh, flow. This time around, I'm, I'm doing DIY lights again. They, they work great on my last aquascape. I just used two LEDs, two 10-watt LEDs, uh, 6,500K. And they fantastic. Like I said, I mean, I'm getting, you know, huge growth out of my dwarf hair grass. Uh, with them. So no problems there. But what are you guys working on? That's what I want to know about. You know, what, what's in the pipe on your end? You know, Are you thinking about getting a, a new aquarium? You know, Have you got it already? What are you researching? Uh, you know, I'm right now in the hardscaping phase and I'll keep you guys updated, but I want to know what you're working on. Let me know. Go to Facebook or you know, just leave me a comment on the website. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, just a little bit more on Eleocaris acicularis, which is the species of dwarf hair grass 
that I have in my current Aquascape. Just want to give you guys my experience with it and what I've learned growing it. So I bought it potted, and when it came in, I maybe about half of it was brown and half of it was green. So I kind of discarded the brown, just planted the green, and just like you're supposed to do, I broke it up into small little clumps. And you know, it was kind of like, you know, you ever see those guys with the the hair plugs? That was kind of my visual as I was planting uh, in the tank. I have a 10 gallon, that's about a 30 liter, and I spread it out kind of sparsely. And the first month didn't really do much. There was some growth. Uh, but it was slow and I had diatoms, uh, brown, you know, algae, and I think that's normal. So if you're in the beginning stages of your tank and you have diatoms, don't worry. That is perfectly normal, doesn't last long, and once that went away, I didn't see it again. So no worries if you have diatoms in your tank and it's a new tank. After the first month, after the roots were established and runners started popping out, it started taking off. And this grows fast. Once it is established, it just takes off. And like I said before, it, I have to cut it up front every single week. It grows about an inch a week. It's fast. So definitely probably want to go with a different variety if you're thinking of carpeting and keeping it short up front. This is probably more suited to mid-ground or even background. Uh, like I said, it in the background's grown all the way up to the surface of the water in just four months. So that kind of gives you an idea of how fast and how tall uh, this variety can get. That being said, I really do love how it looks and haven't had any issues with it really, except for some cladophora um, algae. And, you know, who knows how it got into the tank. But once it got in there and it started establishing itself, it, it spread around quite a bit and I got a little bit worried. I ended up using hydrogen peroxide, peroxide spot treatment and it worked extremely well probably got rid of 90% of it. Um, you know, if you're thinking about using it, definitely don't take my word for it. Go online, research it. You know, there are a few dangers involved. You can't use too much of it. Uh, you know, look into it before you go ahead and use it. But for me, it worked really, really effectively. The other thing that I did was add more flow to the aquarium and that seemed to keep it away once I got rid of it. Um, and I did a little bit of experimenting with that. If I took the flow away and backed it off, I started to see it grow back a little bit more. If I added more flow, it seemed to keep it at bay and keep it away. So in my own personal experience, again, I'm a beginner here, so just you know, don't take my word as uh, you know complete truth. But from my experience, it, it, it helped quite a bit in adding flow, kept that algae away. I'm using estimated index, uh, pressurized CO2, and relatively high lighting. Um, and that was the only issue that I've had really so far was that Cladophora. But like I said, that's how I got rid of it and kept it at bay. Other than that, there's really not much more to say about it. If you're trying to create a short carpet of uh, hair grass, dwarf hair grass up front, you might want to go with Eleocaris parvula, uh, which grows, I believe, a little bit shorter. Uh, and it's easier to maintain that short, short carpet effect. Uh, if you want to go with this variety, Eleocaris acicularis, expect it, expect it to grow a little bit larger and a little bit faster. Uh, but it if you're going for that kind of flow look where the dwarf hair grass kind of molds to the flow of the water within your tank, I mean, this is a really great species to go with because that's what it does in my aquarium. And I, that's what I love about it. Uh, I didn't get that short, short look that I wanted to in the beginning. I can by maintaining it, but you know, I just, I think I'm getting a little bit lazy at this point and don't want to cut it that much. So I'm letting it grow out a little bit and it's, and it takes on the form of the flow within the tank and it looks really, really great. So it's really awesome for doing that. If that's what you want to do. I've been using hydrogen peroxide to treat clado, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, a cladophora. 
uh, algae in my tank, and it's worked really, really well. I've actually almost completely eliminated it, and I've been thinking about possibly using it in a in a weekly routine, maybe a couple sprays or or, or spot dosing of a uh, hydrogen peroxide here and there. Is that something that's safe to do, uh, or is that going to cause issues in the long run? So hydrogen peroxide, great spot treatment. Um, it's not as harsh as say using something like Excel that is a great spot treater as well. Uh, it won't burn leaves quite as readily. Um, you can dilute it down if you're uh, worried about that. But the one thing about how hydrogen peroxide works, it's an ox- it, it can be a strong oxidizer. And so it will oxidize organic molecules in the system. And if you use it on a continual regular basis, you can get this cumulative effect. So what you dosed you know, two days ago, if you dose the same amount after two days, you may have a stronger effect because you don't have as many organics for that hydrogen peroxide to, um, to oxidize. And when it starts running out of organics, which is hard to say, that's the thing. I think that's the challenge in using oxidizers is it's hard to say how much will have what effect. Um, and with hydrogen peroxide, you don't have any indicator of, uh, you know, is there still an effect occurring? Uh, you know, how much was too much until you see stress in your fish or your, or your um, shrimp. We have to look at the kind of people that we are and um, how well we are at uh, keeping up with rigorous routines. Not all of us are as good at it. doesn't mean you can't be an aquascaper. doesn't mean you can't be a great aquascaper. Uh, you'll find that I think more advanced hobbyists start to really put the time in thinking about um, how much time the tank will take from week to week to maintain, and they start to lean towards uh, less demanding systems, less demanding tanks, for a couple reasons. One of those being that a less demanding tank actually looks its best for longer. Um, you know, if you have a high energy, high demanding tank, those snapshots of when it's at its peak, when all the stems are trimmed and bushed out perfectly and the um, everything's aligned are going to be short-lived because between those you're going to have periods of trimming and hacking the plants back and regrowth. So think about the type of person you are and align your tank with the time you have and your ability to keep up with, with the schedule. Lower energy tanks give you more flexibility. Good uh, nutrient-rich substrates give you more flexibility. You don't maybe have to dose every day uh, or if you miss a couple doses, you'll be fine. Or if you miss a water change, you'll be okay. And um, sometimes if you find yourself being stressed in the hobby, uh, you have too much going on, you don't think about uh, your next skate being one of those. So that way you have the time to enjoy it uh, and you don't feel yourself getting burned out on the hobby because I think there's a lot of people in the hobby who start and they just hit the ground running full speed, 100 miles an hour, and don't last long. And even as more experienced hobbyists get going, I think um, they don't always want to be running all the time after their tanks. And so consider that, you know, are you are you a low maintenance person or uh, are you someone who really wants to do the high maintenance tank? And have you done it before? If you've kept freshwater shrimp before, you know, they do something called molting where they outgrow their exoskeleton. So they have to shed it. And I think that's a good analogy to the creative process in, in an aquascaping. 
you know, we kind of go, 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 fill our brains with as much information as possible, you know, create our aquascape. And then we all kind of get to a point where at some point we think to ourselves, you know, hey, I don't know how to improve anymore. I'm not proud of what I just created. You know what? I'm running out of inspiration and you're at that crossroads and you might have the thought, oh, you know, maybe this whole thing's kind of run its course. Well, maybe just like the shrimp, you're just about to shed that, you know, uh, level that you're at. And you're just about at the cusp of moving up to the next plateau where, you know, it's a whole new level of understanding and, you know, things start to click together. All that information that you've been, you know, filling your mind with and, and all the experience that you're trying to to gain comes together and suddenly, you know, you're working up at a higher level. So I think just like the shrimp, uh, we all kind of molt periodically. So if you feel like you're burnt out, hang in there. Right around the corner might just be the best scape you've ever put together and a whole new level of enjoyment. All right, everybody, I'm going to wrap up the show here. Thanks again for joining us on the Aquascaping Podcast. We really appreciate you coming back and joining us every week. Uh, We have a lot of fun. We hope you are too. Don't forget to check out www.aquascapingpodcast.com. Send in questions and comments to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you guys have a good week and we'll see you next time.